Hello, everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I'm a narcissistic abuse life coach. And today I want to talk about vulnerability. Um, vulnerability for abuse victims becomes extremely difficult um, for a couple different reasons. Firstly, because they are taught in many ways that if you are vulnerable, you're going to be taken advantage of, you're going to be shamed, blamed, abused, and therefore they have learned to essentially never be vulnerable. The, the issue with the main issue with this is that individuals, people want communication, we want connection, we want love, we want intimacy. We crave that naturally. And with the inability to be vulnerable, then we are going to be cutting ourselves off from any avenue of connection in this way. Another issue with being with the um, with not being able to be vulnerable is the inability to open up ourselves up to healing. So abuse victims who are not able or willing or even aware that they are protecting themselves will have a difficult time uh, remembering, or I should say reminiscing about the past, ultimately working through painful emotions, memories, and healing their wounds of childhood and past relationships. So vulnerability becomes quickly learned um, by a child and by a victim of narcissistic abuse or any abuse that it, that is something that cannot be done. And defenses are created in order to protect the individual from re-experiencing trauma from childhood. So some of the um, symptoms of, of abuse um, that are seen with individuals, um, which ultimately uh, are stemming from the inability to want to connect, or I should say, uh, to actually connect and, and, and be vulnerable, uh, include low self-esteem. Uh, oftentimes, there's a tendency to self-blame and self-destruct because they turn inwards. Ultimately, um, the inability to uh, be vulnerable and connect and express themselves, their anger, frustration, and shame gets turned inwards. Oftentimes there's eating disorders, uh, there's promiscuity, memories about the past become very difficult to even access, or if they do, they have very troubling flashbacks, there's dissociation, there may be difficulty trusting other people, and um, oftentimes there's abuse, further abuse towards others, and oftentimes children. So because of the inability to, um, because I should say, because of the, so to speak, brainwashing that victims have had experience where in the abuse relationship, they were told or implied or, or manipulated to believe that this is normal, this abuse uh, relationship pattern, this, this treatment is normal, um, they've come to understand that this is okay. So being vulnerable and, and I should say, hiding your vulnerability and um, protecting yourself is something that needs to be done. That is normal for relationships. The main issue with this is that victims will oftentimes go into further relationships down the line in adulthood where they believe that vulnerability is still something to be protected and dangerous and oftentimes will even become abusive because they will see others vulnerable and think that this is the way vulnerable people are treated. Not defending the behavior, just explaining some of the dynamics, um, possibly uh, in many ways unconscious as to why they are abusing their victims who are vulnerable. So one of the, another, uh, another issue with um, the inability to become vulnerable after abuse is that what it does is it actually protects the abuser. So let's say a victim who feels that they, are, uh, that they feel shame, they feel, um, they feel sad, anger, frustration, wounded, they're extremely wounded, um, and is not able to properly express themselves. In a, in a sense, they are not able to properly assess the cause of their wounds. Uh, they're not able to um, talk about their wounds and, and talk about how they're being abused. Um, essentially, they are being 
kept silent, whether they are whether this is done covertly or overtly, or whether the victim simply feels pressure not to speak out against the abuser, the abuse victim will feel that if they do express themselves about the narcissistic abuser and they are vulnerable about their feelings, this will make their abuser look bad, or ultimately it'll make them feel guilt or shame about having these feelings towards the abuser. So therefore, they will see vulnerability as something dangerous, scary, and ultimately that needs to not be dealt with. The, the, uh, the, a person who is not vulnerable is ultimately going to isolate, disconnect, and not feel uh, feel the ability to uh, have intimacy and be close to others. And while some people may enjoy being alone, this is different. Isolation is different than enjoying being alone. Isolation, disconnect, uh, is a huge cause of mental dis-ease, uh, the inability to express yourself, be vulnerable with others, uh, laugh, connect, uh, and speak your truths is extremely emotionally taxing and damaging. So it is not just a matter of wanting to be isolated and disconnected and to be left alone. It is a matter of the inability to connect with others that causes so much mental disease. And that is a pre prerequisite for that is being vulnerable. So I want to offer some tips on how to overcome this fear of intimacy, the fear of vulnerability, the fear of connecting connection, and ultimately allow yourself to be open to others. And the first step is understand that all people are not narcissists. Not all people are abusers. Not all people are going to take advantage of your vulnerability. The very few people who did take advantage of you were taught you, taught their victims that vulnerability is something to be cast away and ultimately not uh, respected. But in reality, Vulnerability is a strength because it shows that even though there is a possibility of getting hurt, this, the individual has the strength to take out their heart and connect with other people. So vulnerability is a strength. It is not a strength with people who are abusive. So it's important to understand there are those who will take advantage and looking for the signs of an abuser, looking for looking, picking up on the symptoms. If you feel uncomfortable, if you feel like somebody's taking advantage of your vulnerability, Pick up on that. Listen to your gut. Listen to what your thoughts are telling. Listen to what your feelings are telling you. If your feelings are uncomfortable, if you feel shamed, if you feel disrespected, taken advantage of, then that is a good time to walk away. If you have already been in a relationship with narcissistic abusers and you want to relearn how to heal your vulnerability and be able to connect, that is something that is necessary before you do enter into another relationship. Oftentimes, uh, in, the, in, the, in, an, in an attempt to resolve the the uh, inner lack of ability to be vulnerable, they will run to, victims will run to additional relationships, further relationships to kind of save themselves. But the reality of the situation is in order to heal from narcissistic abuse and any abuse that has to be done alone, not to say that the person cannot reach out for help and get assistance along the journey, but it has to be faced alone. And only when a person can face themselves alone will they make sure that they're not leaning on other people and ultimately using other people to soothe their inner pain and loneliness, and they'll actually heal from the abuse. So vulnerability begins with oneself, being open to one's own feelings, accepting one's own one, one's own shadows, uh, accepting one's own pain and realizing that their wounds are their own and nobody else can save them from themselves. And like I said, there is help that could be done, not to say that it has to be done isolated, but it certainly needs to be done within this person's, in the context of this person, so they can get clarity as to the wounds that they have, the perpetrator, what was done to them, how it was done to them, and ultimately healing the emotional wounds and the chaos within, becoming a solid sense of self, a, a, a solid individual who is not in desperate need of validation. Uh, one, of the, one of the symptoms of narcissistic abuse of, or abuse in general is that victims desperately crave can, uh, validation from, from others, and which is why they oftentimes go back to narcissistic abusers. 
because narcissistic abusers promise that validation, only further wounding them. In addition, they may go back to healthy others, but because of their own wounds, they may project these wounds onto the partner, ultimately causing breakdowns and lack of true intimacy and connection, which is why in order to heal from narcissistic abuse, it is imperative to face one's own self and face one's wounds. Do this journey within. Doing the, doing the work within is imperative because otherwise we can't truly be vulnerable. So vulnerability with self, having the courage to face oneself, face one, one's wounds will allow, will empower a person to ultimately become vulnerable with other people. Other people that are respectful, respect boundaries, respect emotions, respect space, and ultimately will allow the, 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 the other person to be who they are without judgment, criticism, shaming, guilting, and humiliation or any other narcissistic abuse tactic, which is just designed to exploit. Narcissists are very adept at picking up on weaknesses. They're very adept at picking up on wounds. They're very adept at picking up on victims who are vulnerable and, and are willing to be uh, love-bombed and, 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 and get reeled into this dysfunctional relationships, and oftentimes it's because they have their own wounds. So victims, in order to protect yourself, need to face their wounds because it not only becomes uh, a method of healing, it becomes a way of protecting yourself because you're no longer attracted to people who promise fake love, take advantage of your vulnerabilities, and exploit. If you are struggling from trying to recover from narcissistic abuse, if you have emotional wounds, please do reach out. If you don't know already, I work with a system of therapy called the Mind Map. It's called Mind Map Therapy, a profound and uh, exquisite way of, of, of identifying your, your childhood wounds and past relationship wounds, healing them, and recoding you into health so that you can create relationship patterns that are aligned with who you truly are, attract people who are high vibrational, respectful, loving, caring, and compassionate in order to create the life that you deserve, which are highly dependent on relationships. Relationships are a huge part of, of the emotional well-being of our life, the first one being the one with ourselves. So creating a healthy relationship within, healing yourself alone with yourself is imperative. Once you do that, you can then manifest and create health with other people creating a life you deserve and enjoy and are proud of and ultimately that's fulfilling and um, one that brings you incredible joy. Uh, so if you enjoy this podcast, please do like and share. Uh, please feel free to subscribe to my podcast channel uh, for updates. I offer coaching of uh, the Mind Map Therapy, uh, which is a 10-session system. I can be reached at YITS, Y-I-T-Z, at psychologicalhealingcenter.com. Feel free to reach out uh, for a free 15-minute consultation. And I hope to hear from you soon. Till next time, all the best.